Hey guys, wanted to mention TheRinger.com is now live. We've got tons of great content, uh, including Obama speechwriter John Favreau on the next dominoes to fall in the 2016 election, associate editor Danny Chow on how Steph Curry and the NBA shooting revolution has trickled down to the high school level, tech editor Molly McHugh on Kim Kardashian's Kimoji app, and the celebrity emoji trend, and much more. Go now, yes now, to TheRinger.com. Let's go. Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. I'm Tate Frazier and I am a producer at the Ringer. And today I'm joined by Chris Ryan. What's up, man? And I'm also joined by Trayvon Free. What up? And uh, we're here to talk about the NBA Finals, which starts... Tomorrow, Thursday, June 2nd, Game 1 in Oakland, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Golden State Warriors, and it's a rematch. Just what everyone in America wanted. <laughs> Yo, you guys, are, is this a rivalry? Are you in, is this like, are, is this, is this Celtics-Lakers? Are we into this? Not yet. I don't think I'm buying it as a rivalry yet. You if know what it makes it a again, rivalry is if, is if they, because here's what, the if thing Cleveland I want to, wins, it's a rivalry. Yeah, but what I wanted to ask is like, towards the end of that Thunder series, they started chipping away at Steph a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they started, like, questioning his defense, and Russ was getting chippy with Steph at the end of Game 7. Right. So, like, do you think Cleveland follows suit and starts and, and t- tests him a little bit? I think you have to. Yeah. Like, you, if you, you have to look at what works, and being physical with him definitely worked for a certain extent. I mean, you can't stop Steph Curry from being Steph Curry to a point, but you got to, like, make it hard for him. You can't let him just have it. And... uh the way they were bruised, like knocking him around, Adams and those guys were knocking him around down there. Holding they got him. them up three one. Yeah, <laughs> and the way they shoot, the Cavaliers. I think they're going to need all the help they can get because I don't know how they're going to stop. There's definitely a Jr. flagrant out there. <laughs> there there's a, yeah, Jr. Smith is going to be prevalent in this series, whether it's good or bad. It's like Dion Waiters factor. It's like either it's going to be really good or it's going to be really downhill. Dion. That's but what they nicknamed him. I'm kind of afraid of like Jr. You see the way. Clay shoots and the way how, how it, he he shoots from thirty feet like it's nothing. I feel like you get Jr. in the wrong zone and he starts <laughs> trying to like match that yeah. or show up. Who knows what? Happened? There's this weird thing right now where I do feel like after that Thunder series, like you saw Russ a bunch of times being like, "I'm, I'm better than Steph." Oh yeah, and you know what I mean. Like he did some he stuff totally where it was it. like, if Steph's gonna shoot from thirty three feet out, that I'm gonna try and get down the court in point five seconds. Uh, yeah, and miss layups yeah. because of it. Okay. I. I think he, he got to a point where he was too fast for his own good. Yeah. Like, I would argue that in that series, Russ was better than Steph. But they did enough to edge out the thunder. Like, the fact that they needed a record-breaking performance from Clay Thompson to get them over yeah. that hump. 41 points in game six. Like, yeah. he literally could not miss, which was what you needed to beat them. Because yeah. they were just they just had it cooking. And all of a sudden, they just crumbled. Yeah, and it was it was uh, the Warriors became just the tenth team out of 233 tries to come back from a three-one deficit, uh, which was obviously a big deal. The Cavs got there uh, with Game Six win over the Raptors when LeBron was staring down Drake. Uh, it was <laughs> the, the full turnaround uh, in and that Drake series. Tried to kiss him. 
But yeah, <laughs> but one thing that really uh, stood out for both teams is they both lost game three and game four on the road. Yeah. So we both saw both these teams sort of be exposed by the yeah. home crowd. The Cavaliers have not lost at home in the playoffs. The Warriors are now 9-1 and in the playoffs. So when you look at it that way, do you think home court advantage is really going to hold court here? Well, because it's been a couple of years now where I think there was a there's a few seasons there where, where there was like the pop school that you kind of coast through the regular season because as long as you get in the playoffs and the right. upper tier of the playoffs, you're kind of like, who yeah. cares? I think home court advantage really does matter. And I do think that like... I kind of think this game, this series is going to go five or six, probably five, like six, but I could see it going five. And I think the Cavs are going to go in for a smash and grab first game. Like I really, yeah, really I mean, think they want this first. They one. played really well against them in the first game last last year. Yeah, and they definitely have to steal one from Golden State at home because the way the way Golden State Golden State is vulnerable at home. They've shown that because the Thunder have them down for most of the game. Yeah. And then Got just up to thirteen. Yeah, and, and came unraveled. And if you I don't think Cleveland has the weapons to hold off the Warriors if they get into that zone. Yeah. So you Don't have know. to like you have to go at it super hard and play the way LeBron played last year, where it was just like every game was like thirty and eight, forty and twelve, like those crazy numbers he put up. So LeBron last year in the series, he averaged thirty five point eight points, thirteen point three rebounds, eight point eight assists. And they took a two one lead. They won game two on the road when LeBron and the basically it was just the LeBron show. But this year Ty Lue is saying that they have depth. We obviously have Kevin Love and Kyrie but when you're relying on those guys to sort of be the uh, the focal points of the offense now for those guys, do you think they're ready? Do you think Kyrie and Kevin Love are ready to take that? I don't know if it's about ready as much as it's like, so you guys are going to try and outscore the Warriors. Because right? yeah. you're not going to stop. You're not going to do what they did last year, which is grind it. Yeah. You can't, you're not as, you're not as, you can't switch and play like a, like a Hydra, like the Thunder right. just did. So you're going to try and outscore them. And I don't know how you do that. Nope. I don't see that happening. Because you're not going to stop them. Especially when, walking away from that Warriors-Thunder series. When I the end of that, that series, I just couldn't see how the Cavaliers beat this team in a series unless LeBron just does something we've never seen before or brings something out of his teammates that we've never seen before. Like Kyrie and Kevin Love have to absolutely bring it. J.R. Smith has to play like... We've never seen him play, but like with a level of consistency that we just haven't seen, so that they stand a chance, yeah. that they at least stand a chance. Because you already seen, you can't put a hand in Steph or Clay's face yeah. and stop them from making a shot. It does not matter, and that's terrifying if you're the other team. The only thing that I think, okay, because like you watch that that Warriors Thunder series, and it's like it would be cool if you could be like, what are the lessons that Ty Lue could take from that? It's like, yeah, have four seven foot dudes, like, yeah, have four dudes with seven feet wingspans True. who are like basically like triathlete fit and can play 40 minutes a game and chase people all over the court and switch on everything. But Ty Lue doesn't have that. So he's not, he can't really learn anything from that series. And it just seems like, I, I don't, I'm not sure where the only thing that I think the Cavs, the, the, the like the hope that they have to have is that Draymond continues to play up and down yeah. and that Iguodala spent so much energy in the Western conference final against Durant that yeah. he doesn't have it. And that Barnes keeps playing like, kind of up and down too one thing i noticed from the thunder series too is and this is where they didn't capitalize is you have to maximize when the warriors go cold 
so quickly you blow them out. and you have to take full event like you can't let them go cold and you go warm yeah when they're cold you have to be hot the thunder were missing so many layups when the thunder when the warriors were cold and they had like a five or seven point lead that could have easily been 15 no, it's exactly or 20 right. and they're just smoking layups smoking layups and like, billy was kind of sticking to like it was only a seven man rotation or whatever but billy was kind of sticking to the same yeah like substitution patterns you saw KD get really pissed off when yeah. he pulled him out and it was like I bet I mean I'm just guessing he's probably like we need to go up like by 22 yeah, right now like to. we have to there was that one point where they were up by like 15 or 16 and I was like if they get him right here yeah, the air it's goes a small out of this window. place yeah. it's a small window and which was which was the difference in you know game three and game four because they got up by twenty points, but in the game six and game seven they kept it close enough where they were within reach because one hundred and fourteen to thirty that was the three point differential in the last three games that the Warriors won. I yeah. mean that's un, that's yeah, unheard that's of. Durant that's said crazy. Durant was like we beat them in every single part of the game except threes. Yeah, you can't. It's the one place you can be up by ten points, and between Clay and Steph, three shots later you're. You're either down one, or you could even be losing. With depending on who else shows up in those moments, where they just start to get that resurgence back, and it's hard to trade twos for threes, and then you're missing, you're missing chip shots and gimmies, and they're just trading threes with your misses. Like you get buried. Yeah. And the only team that can shoot with the Warriors, as crazy it is to say, is the Cavs. So they're the only team that's made over 200 three pointers in the playoffs so far. It's but they've just, been more like, do you feel like they've been more hot and cold? Like I don't have the numbers. But yeah, like, they're more hot and cold. And the Hawks series is a good series to look at because they were unbelievable. They shot like 67 percent as a team yeah. from three. Yeah. Which I mean, that that's not going to happen against the Warriors, obviously. But if if you can keep it within range and within reach with Jr. Yeah. and maybe even Kyrie getting hot, if they can shoot 40 percent, if yeah. they can hover around 40, because the the Thunder. Were surprisingly shooting three better than the Warriors in the first couple games, and they were hovering around forty-three percent. If you can just hover around forty, just stay because the 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 Warriors are going to get you at forty-four. Some nights forty-five when they go crazy. Yeah. But if you can just stay above at or above forty, you at least have a chance. The other thing that I think is going to be a big factor is after watching Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals is how they call it. Because yeah. Kyrie and LeBron are going to die for the hoop. Like, they're going to go for the hoop. Yeah. And they can get Bogut out. They can get different players in foul trouble. They can get Dream on in foul trouble, maybe. But if they let them play and they kind of just, like, say, like, look. Like, I mean, I think what will happen is it'll what usually happens in series is which is it's tight in the beginning. And then it starts to loosen up yeah. a little bit. And they just, like, let them play in that game seven. It was just pretty much blood sport. I remember I got a text. I didn't even see game six live. I got a text message about it. I was at a wedding. And somebody was like... The underneath the hoop looks like Stalingrad, like right now. They they're just like letting dudes destroy each other down there. It's weird how they pick and choose how they yeah. ref these games. I feel like this series and these playoffs have exposed just how important refereeing is to the NBA because it makes a lot of people go crazy and go, oh. I can predict how this game's going to go because the NBA yeah, wants right. a certain team to win this game. And you go and watch the game, you see it get refed a certain way, and you start to feel like, yeah, this is rigged. Why am I even watching this? Because <laughs> yeah. I can call this whole series and who's going to win I the think, championship. I mean, we, could, we could tip our hand. You and me were both kind of like, come yeah. on, man. They're <laughs> yeah. killing Russ and Kevin. And like every- and yeah, they don't get... They don't get uh, Oh my! <laughs> Check Special out Danny Siri. Siri. Siri's picking up the conversation, um, but yeah, like I, it felt very predictable in that way because KD and Russ don't get superstar calls when it comes to fouls. Like they get beat up much more than they let LeBron and those guys take hits during the game. 
But a good point is, so the problem with the Warriors, right, is that they were helping off. So they were helping every time. So they were basically every single time that Kevin or Russ was coming downhill, they had a guy help, and then Kevin or Russ were making the smart pass to the open guy. Right. And the Warriors are basically saying, they're playing that Rover yeah, strategy. Ro- yeah. And they were like, Roberson or Ibaka can beat us. Good luck. You yeah, know, right. have, have, your, have your pick. But if it's LeBron and Kyrie, and they're both shooting 70% of their shots around the basket, give or take, that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. And they're kicking out to JR, Channing Fry, and Kevin Love. And they're hitting threes. I mean, they're better shooters than obviously the Thunder have around them. That's true. So if you have corner guys in the corner and they're kicking it out and they're not helping there, or if they are helping and collapsing, it's basically pick your poison. So Cleveland can play that card, and you have the best penetrator in the NBA in LeBron. And he's he's also one of the best facilitators. It'll just be fascinating to see like how much residual, how much he carries over from last year's finals, where he's like, I'm gonna put the team on my back and drive and drive and drive and post up and bully guys while he's got all these. I mean, it could turn out that they they could go super small and just have him passing out of the post to shooters. If LeBron's the five, but he's essentially the point guard, (laughs) and you have four around one, and you're letting LeBron or Kyrie basically dictate the offense of either we're gonna run a pick and roll at the top with Delhi, whoever it is with LeBron or have LeBron drive to the basket and kick out like who like either Iguodala is going to have to be that defender like he was against Kevin Durant or it comes to the point where I'm going to let Kevin Love shoot the three rather than let LeBron yeah, right. you know, it's I, like two versus three it's the same I just thing. don't want to see LeBron become too passive because that's my I don't want him to I'm, I'm imagining that in this situation with this rematch and him knowing how people feel about the th- about the Warriors I think he takes this step that very he has personally. to like take this very seriously in the sense that he doesn't go out there and try to be like I'm going to be the floor general and I'm going to pass and get my team and like I would rather him lead by yeah. example he's got than, his coach these are his dudes yeah. this is Another like I think after the after the Toronto game, the last Toronto game, he seemed very conscious about like I only get so many more shots at this. No champagne in the locker room. Right. They yeah. didn't even celebrate winning these Eastern Like I'm not trying to sound like cliche. Like I understand like what's going on in his head, but I have a feeling like we will not see a game where like LeBron weirdly doesn't shoot. You know what I mean? Right. And I think the same thing goes for Lou, where it's not gonna. That's this is why I think like the, one of the cool underlying storylines this whole series is like we're gonna find out whether or not Kevin Love is like a for real top tier NBA player. Yeah, I feel like, I, yeah. everybody can t- debate it, but he will either be like a major factor in the Cavs being successful or he will actually not play. Yeah. And like just for last year obviously Kyrie game 1 only plays game 1, broken kneecap, he's out. Kevin Love was having shoulder shoulder surgery at that point, so he was out, he was out. And LeBron actually had a quote yesterday in his press conference. He said, "Give everything I got and live with the results." And he was very serious and stern. And when I saw the press conference, I was like, that dude is on a mission. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. He seems like he's genuinely like knows that the, the clock is ticking on it. Yeah, window. I don't know what this psychologically does to him if they lose. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how he handles if the Warriors beat them back to back. And now he has the two guys. He probably feels like right. he could have done it with had he had them last year. It's like, would you, would you, if you're him, would you rather like trade Kyrie to the Clippers for Chris Paul and trade Love to Boston for Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, and a bunch of picks or a bunch of other stuff? Yeah, and just go with like a pure point guard who plays really good defense because like teams don't win titles without elite perimeter defenders. Yeah, yeah. and and Kyrie is not even a passable perimeter defender. And is Shumpert even a passable perimeter no, defender? No, JR is the best perimeter defender. I mean, I guess Delhi, but I mean... Yeah, but, I, he's, but I mean... Del- this is where we yeah. get. Then we're basically back to last year. <laughs> right. yeah. You're playing Channing Fry, maybe over Kevin Love. You're yeah. playing Delhi or Shump or 
or whoever on the on the perimeter and Jr. Yeah. So where Kyrie and Kevin fit into this? I mean, Richard Jefferson honestly might have to play like some significant minutes guarding yeah. someone. Like, like that's insane. He might to have to morrow it in this series. <laughs> like just come out and like provide that extra little boost to get them over the hump. But like, what do you think happens? What do you think LeBron does if they lose? Does he stay in Cleveland? Yes, I think he just. I think they just trade. I think that they basically either construct a team that's much more like. Like I, I really, really could see Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving. I know that's insane. No, I love it. I, but I do think that it benefits both teams in a lot of ways. And I don't know what they do with Love. I think they trade him in Boston or something. Yeah, and Clay Thompson was saying basically yesterday in his presser, he said taking down James a second time should completely, uh, basically state the fact that there's been a transfer of power in the NBA. Like yeah. he said that in his presser. This is the other really cool storyline in this it, to me in the series is this shift of the Warriors to uh like no, I don't want to say bullies, but like the Warriors as the the favorites, right? right? Last year, I think everybody expected with the injuries that the Cavs had that the Warriors would probably win and we were really impressed with LeBron and the the hero ball, but I just feel like people have been chipping away at the Warriors a little bit. It's like, and and it's like the Clay walk off three pointers are like this his version of Blake hanging on the rim, and they always celebrate no matter like whether they're down or whatever. Dudes are going wild on the bench. They're screaming on the court. I love it. I love watching it. But like they are big dogs now. Like this is not like oh scrappy little Oakland. It's so great. So many years of losing. Like they are the Lakers now, and they have to deal with that. I wonder if part of that too is their superstar is kind of a little guy. Like he's not a Shaq or a LeBron or one of the guys who is seen as a power player, but he's a shooter. He's yeah. like a it's, dead yeah. to rights. It's like, skill. It's yeah, skill based. Skill it's not, it's not, he's not imposing his physical will right. on someone. It's completely skill based, and which it, is why everyone's so caught up in it. Right. And, it's so, and we're not used to seeing that type of dominance yeah. from someone from with shooting three-pointers, just taking teams apart. That's why I think, I mean, I think that's ultimately, like, when you look at the psychology of it, it's what really bothers people about, um, and I have to shout out Danny Chow's ringer piece today. It was great. Because he was talking about this Chino Hills basketball, high school basketball team that in in parallel to the Warriors have also been taking these shots from, like, 35 feet out. And it's interesting because Danny talks about the older generation of players who have such a problem with Steph. And, like, you know, it's like all older generations have problems with new generations. That's natural. But there's something about what Steph does and what Clay does to some extent that's like a cheat code. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he's powering his way to the basket. It's not that he's backing you down. It's not that he's, like, slapping the floor and and locking you down on defense. It's like this guy can do something no one else can do, and it's breaking basketball. And those guys are pissed off about it. And it makes – I. as a player, too, a former player, I know what it feels like when you are up against something you can't control yeah. and defend against. Yeah. Where guys are just, just shooting the ball from 25, 30 feet, and you just got back on defense two seconds before he shot the ball. Yeah. And now you just traded either no basket or a two for a three. And you keep ending up in the situation where, what do you do? Like, how do we defend this? In a weird way, the person that Steph reminds me most of is Shaq. Because it's like that's that. I remember watching Shaq in the early two thousands and and it just being like, what are you supposed to do? Like in the early, like late nineties and early two thousands, yeah, there's like, nothing you can do. What do you what, like? What are, like you're gonna have to change the entire rule book for this guy? And the even better thing about it is that Steph has the ball in his hand. I know, like like yeah. he, like like Shaq at least like someone had to make an entry pass right. to Shaq. Yeah, you know? like, usually Kobe was like trying to deny that entry pass. You know, like Curry has the ball and makes the decisions. It's it's crazy. We never had, we haven't seen anything like it. Um, as far as matchups, 
in the series going on. The Cavs pretty much have stuck with a nine-man rotation throughout this. Delhi being kind of the last guy. Richard Jefferson being there. Fry, Shumpert, Tristan Thompson, Love, Kyrie, J.R. LeBron. The Warriors, on the other hand, I mean, they've used... 12 guys they've you know even activated guys like James Michael McAdoo randomly uh Ian Clark has got a lot of playing time do you think it is going to turn into one of these things where it's star versus star is kind of like what the Thunder made them do and shorten their rotation or does the depth of the Warriors really make them the better team you know because they're able to stretch their bench and tire out the Cavs I mean I I guess it, it might come down to how does the Cavs match up against their bench yeah like bench for bench when you come when it comes down to it can you magically get something out of Timothy Mozgov yeah. for like whatever reason. Yeah. Like, what do you just like have these magical playoff moments where like that guy you never expected, or those that group of guys you never expected to get anything out of actually help you? Let's happen in that, game seven. That extra five points. That, that or, bench bench mob for Warriors like Barboza and who else was out there like. In that, uh, in that weird, like, stretch in Game 7, oh, I think Verge it was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There was a 7 It's not like the—I'm sure the point differential wasn't that big of a deal, but it was like the Thunder starters were beating the Warrior starters' asses. And then yeah. that bench squad came in, and it was like, oh, man, this is like— they kept it close enough right. so that if Steph and Clay get it going, it's going to—I don't know. I mean, like, it's going to take such a Herculean effort from LeBron. Yeah, and that's why I'm so I'm so excited to watch yeah. it because it's gonna have to be him playing 40 minutes a game. But and we saw like the Thunder they started like getting chippy at each other. Yeah, and LeBron obviously is like his own aura. He is LeBron James, and he is very self aware of that. Do you see a point where LeBron starts turning on Kyrie? Like, come on, you have to step it up. You have to get to this level. Or Kevin Love, you have to get to this level. Yeah, I can see I can see that coming later in the series because yeah. it gets frustrating when you looked at how how Durant was looking at Roberson or Robertson when uh, they're passing him the ball wide open, spreading out the floor, and he's just missing. Yeah, and you and that's what you have to depend on. That's what you decided will help you kill this other team because they've left him open. So you get a good game out of him or Ibaka and those extra 10 points make up the difference. But if you're doing that and nothing's happening, it can easily become frustrating because you see see it on Durant's face, you see it on Russell's face. And I could see LeBron getting frustrated, but not in a way where he looks like the team's breaking down, but that he's just trying to get those guys I mean, this game. is the season of the subtweet, you know? Yeah. Like we, 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 <laughs> it we, is, yeah. Like, and I think that playoff LeBron, like, that's the thing with how many minutes he plays and especially how intense these games can get. I mean, you probably could speak to this better, but it's like if you are on the court and in the competitive flow like that the whole time, there's never any decompression. There's never any downtime. Yeah. There's never any perspective from the bench, chat with a coach, chat with somebody else on the bench about what's going on out there. It's just like, I'm out here dying and you guys aren't yeah, doing you what you feel need to be that doing. pressure because yeah. you're working your ass off, and then you need that guy to hit that three pointer or make that layup to just to just lower the tension and lower yeah. the stress a little bit, so you can feel like you're in the game. But when it's like ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, and the guys you're depending on are not helping you, it's it's super frustrating, and it takes you out of your game because now you're not thinking about how to win the game. You're just thinking about how to get your guys to help you in any way possible. Yeah, and you have a coach that's coached 41 games. That's it. Like, Ty Lue's only coached 41 games. It's basically LeBron James, you know, with his team following behind him for six straight finals. Like, he's the most seasoned person there. He's the one that's seen it all. So it's going to rely on him a lot, obviously. Uh, But I think it'll be fun to watch. Another wrinkle uh, in all this outside of the actual finals is Kevin Durant 
which Chris Ryan wrote a great piece today, just that. a little think piece to basically just be like, here are Kevin Durant's options. And, you know, no matter what he does, he's 27 years old. He's, you know, arguably the second best player in the NBA. Yeah, I think possibly. the problem is he's the third. Third. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the third player in the NBA. But, uh, like, just speaking of Kevin Durant, like, what, what do you expect? What's, well, the, what's his timeline? I wrote the piece because I found myself, like, thinking about him a lot, obviously, after Game 7, and I was so fascinated. Like, why do we care about the, these decisions? Like, why do we care about these free agencies, especially for these superstars? And I think it's because I remember Haralabob and um, Bill did a pod last like last week, I think. And they were talking about why they're sometimes critical, like maybe overly critical of coaches and whatever. And they were like, it's because I kind of can see that I could maybe do that. Like I can't play, but I can imagine coaching and I can make those decisions. I can see that you should be staggering Russ and Katie's minutes or you should run more like inventive actions with these players and not just ISO them out and and wear them down. I think the same thing is true a little bit for these free agents because like we all have to go through at some point in our life a decision to stay or leave somewhere um like about and have to like assess our loyalty to a situation versus what we want for ourselves and everything so i think that this is especially fascinating also because you don't have the component that lebron had where it was like anything lebron did other than stay in cleveland was going to be seen as a betrayal if kevin durant leaves oklahoma city it's going to suck for oklahoma city as a franchise and could probably possibly like I mean, possibly put that franchise in danger. You know, yeah. I mean, if Russ leaves too. Uh, I feel like if they both go, even if one of them go, they They have they to hit the lottery the, the next yeah. year, yeah. pretty much. They it's, have to basically win the lottery. You know, like, I don't know what Because you how do. do you attract players to Oklahoma City without those guys there? Right. And if Durant leaves now, and he basically, that means he leaves Russ out to dry for next season. Like, what does that mean for that dynamic? I feel like that's the only bridge that would really be like the the biggest bridge that he were to burn. It would be to Russell. You know, it's like. I think he's going to stay for one more year and then they'll, they'll, they'll stay yeah. or go as a, as a package deal. And if I were him, I would stay anyway because the chances of the Warriors three-peeing is it's not high. You know what I mean? That's a very yeah. difficult thing to do. They've taken him to game seven. The Spurs are the Spurs, but like the Thunder are definitely in the conversation to go to the finals. If you had to pick a team next year, they're among the three or four yeah, teams. I mean, they show that the Warriors are beatable. They yeah. just, they're missing little small pieces to get them over that hump. But I would be excited about what I just Me did. Me too. Yeah. Granted, like coming, losing after you're up three, one sucks really bad, but you, there is something to be excited about knowing that you're one player away or two players away from getting over that hump. Yeah, I mean, like, I still think about them having Batum or Aflalo and just, like, one guy who's, like, a knockdown shooter who can play defense on the perimeter with those guys. But I think that Durant has a couple of options. He can go to a contender. He can go to, you know, Golden State, San Antonio, or Miami and immediately becomes, like, those teams become finals favorites probably yeah especially in the east go home quote unquote to washington right please Um, god john wall you deserve (laughs) it john wall (laughs) or he can go to a team like i let's be honest like the lakers like i was gonna say philly or the lakers but like a rebuilding team that has a ton of cap room i don't know that any of those options are particularly more attractive from a basketball standpoint than just staying put unless he really is like i want to see what life is like with like a different point guard and a different coach in a different city not going to and from the stadium every day he said his two main priorities are being around great people and having fun playing basketball yeah as vague as that is right and you have this this year to sign a one-year deal that everybody's doing with with the cap changing so just take it yeah sign the one-year deal play one more year and get your max money depending on how this year goes either from oklahoma city or from somewhere else i guess my counter to that would be if you know you think you're gonna leave 
like get started. Yeah. If yeah. you want to go to the Lakers, go to the Lakers, and they'll be good in two or three years. Yeah. Let right. the foundation already. Yeah. Be if you're right. gonna go Take to that year to build Spurs, that first, and you're gonna uh, play yeah. on the front line with Lamarcus and Kawhi, but they're gonna have to get rid of a lot of other pieces to facilitate that. Like, go get that started now. Yeah. You know, learn this pop system. If you're gonna go to Miami and like play with, like, go start. Like, I, I, I think that he knows as well as anybody with all the injuries he had a season ago. Yeah. How like fleeting this stuff can be right. you never MVP. know right. i don't think he's going to be hurting for money but obviously a title matters to this guy so much like i'm i wouldn't be surprised if he left in that sense yeah like really. because i don't see for as much as everybody's like oh stay stay one more year play with russ for one more year it's like well maybe he thinks that he just has a better shot at winning a title somewhere else yeah i was reading a quote he said about always being second and yes yeah, like in 2013 yeah, yeah. All, like if if that's the case if that's how you feel and you're 27 and you have this chance go somewhere where you can be first like yeah. if you how many years have been in OKC? five years six yeah, years yeah like just take this opportunity to go like you said go start that chance for you to take these next five years of your career 27 through 32 and make them really useful somewhere yeah and that's the pitch you know I mean, so that, uh, like like you have to answer right now you think he stays released I think that he leaves. I really do. Okay. And I and I I mean I tell this to you, I really think that if I'm the Spurs, I go after him so hard because you just like stay here 10 years you're going to win I five just, championships. I think you have to look at it as like if you're the Golden State Warriors are the team that you have to beat. Like it's as far I mean they're the best team in basketball. If they win, it's arguably the best season of all time because the Bulls 95-96 Bulls played the the Sonics who had a better regular season record than the Cavs and arguably could be a better team. Who's to say? But if you go to the Spurs and you have LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin Durant at the 4-5, that's the, those are the two guys that can get on the perimeter and make that switch on Steph, which we saw the Thunder do with Adams, who are mobile enough to make right. that switch and guard them. Because you can tell already 6'11", 7-foot guys that are mobile are basically the kryptonite to those two guys, right. unless they shoot you know, like Clay yeah, did and I mean, break an NBA playoff record. Yeah, if you get a guy who's just a step or two quicker than uh, Adams, it changes the way Steph has to play that shot because yeah. he was just quick enough to get that shot over him. And when it, even when it looks like his hand was clearly in his face, he was still shooting rainbow shots over him all net. So if you get a guy like LaMarcus and Durant on the same team, it totally changes the way that works out. Well, Trevor, let me ask you this. Is there anywhere that he could go where you would be like, come on? Like you would judge him, not in the sense that the way people judge LeBron for the decision, but would you would be like that? This seems stupid. I mean, I feel like it would have to be way stupid, like going to Philly or something or like the that. Knicks or, or something. Yeah, right. yeah. those kind of things. I feel like he would be. I wouldn't be the only one judging him for going yeah. to the Knicks. Or that the, would just feel like some, the like Sixers. Some, some weird, it wouldn't make no yeah. sense. Yeah, Illuminati the, the, move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something behind the scenes. Why do you go to the Bucks? Like, actually, I would go to the Bucks. Yeah, Giannis, Jabari, and Durant. Yeah, I'd be chilling. Yeah, that's not a bad situation. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the Knicks or something like that would definitely make it seem like what the hell are you doing? But all the teams you listed seem even the ones who are on the come up, like the Lakers, they still make sense. But those two, uh, I was trying to think about like random teams like Milwaukee. Like, if the Jazz got Durant, I think the Jazz would win like three titles in a row. Go, go, bear at the five, which is the perfect, like, athletic big man. Durant and uh, and and uh, Booker, right? They have have Booker or Lyles, yeah. Well, it'd be Trey Lyles, right? And then Durant at the four, and then go bear at the five with Derek Favors on the bench. That's ridiculous, yeah. What a front line. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's. I I still th- weirdly think he's gonna go to Miami, but I know that that's wrong. 
I just, I just have like this vision of him just being like. So like, Pat rallies in the. I mean, Illuminati. I just don't doubt what do you, Pat. What do you think about his ability to close out games? I feel like that's what Dwayne Wade's for. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I mean, you got to go somewhere where there's Dwayne a guy. Dwayne Wade literally could only play the last five minutes. Right. Ice man. This comes out. You'd have to go somewhere where you have a guy who can pick up that slack. Can you imagine though if they started making like NBA games like wrestling matches and like at the end of games, oh, like, no. like and all this dry ice started blowing and Dwayne just ran out of the locker room and was just like. It's my time! <laughs> he packs on his knees yeah. just to rip some off. Basketball turned into a sport with closers. Yeah. I also would just awesome. also love, like, I'm sure they would not be able to keep both, but it would be great if Katie was like, I've decided to come to Miami and shows up there and, and like, meets Whiteside and is just like, oh my God. Yeah, I hear you. Never mind. <laughs> Whiteside's like, you've ever got on Snapchat? Like, let's do this. <laughs> Khaled, KD, and Hassan Whiteside Snapchat stories. Uh. Oh, man. Beautiful. Uh, so we're going to wrap up here, right, for basically game one predictions tomorrow night. Do you guys have anything that you're looking forward to? Is it Mozgov going to come in and get some offensive rebounds and be the X factor for the Cavs? Will the Warriors just blow them out at home? Anything off the top of your head? I, I feel like it'll be similar to game one from the series last year. It'll yeah. be really, really tight because they'll, they'll, they'll come out doing probably playing a little too hard. The Warriors will come out shooting a little too much, and they'll settle into the series. And I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cavs. Cavs steal one. Cavs, Cavs steal one in an yeah. incredible LeBron game. In a in a do you, do you think the pace? Do you think slowing down the pace favors the Cavs? So I don't what, even know that they'll do that. I just okay. think that like that. I just have to imagine after that, like how emotional and physically exhausting that. Western Conference Finals. I mean, I know it's only been a day or two since then, and I just think that the Cavs seem like very g'd up, and like if they're going to get one, they have to get one right now. But yeah. slowing them down does not. I don't think that favors the Cavs because yeah. when you watch the Warriors get in rhythm, it's deadly. Like they cross half court yeah. and they swing that ball once or twice, and it's in the basket. Yeah. So that you definitely have to play to that that aspect and play to their rhythm. Yeah. Or you get burned. Yeah. They only scored 100 points in one game last, last year, and that was game one. And when they lost 108-100, they won game two, obviously, at the Warriors. Uh, just one more thing. Della Vadova or Kyrie versus Curry? I, I mean, Deli. De- Kyrie or Kevin is not going to play in the fourth quarter, and it's yeah. going to be really fascinating to watch that. Like, so one of those dudes is getting benched. I mean, it's probably going to be Kevin. For Fry? Yeah, I I just I, I will. Uh, do you think we will see Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and LeBron James end a game that they are not up by twenty in? No, I, I think the only way that they can is if LeBron is legitimately at the five and Kevin Love is playing four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like Kevin Love is in the corner shooting threes. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah, yeah and he's going like whatever the bad. Yeah, but if you put Kevin, I'm, we can talk about this all day. But if I, if I see Kevin Love chasing Draymond out at the top of the key, this series is over. Yeah, but what if LeBron's <laughs> guarding Draymond? And that's the, so. That's, who's Kevin Love playing against Barnes? Barnes. Uh-huh. And then you have Iggy at the three, who's going against. I'd Shumpert. rather take. I'd rather take my chances with Love on Barnes if I had to. That's yeah. a scenario. You got to hide one of those guys. Yeah. And it's like who? Who? Like obviously Barnes is the best option, but does does Kerr counter and just say, "All right, Harrison, you're out." Like it's going to be. He will. He will do that. Yeah, it's going to be a fun series because I think it's going to be a lot about matchups, a lot of how the Thunder. And was. it's going to be interesting to see if, how much Lou is willing to deviate from yeah. like what looks good versus what what works. Who do you think out coaches who? I, I mean, I, it's not like out-coach. I just think that like Kerr is playing with more chess pieces. He's just playing more guys. He's got more experience yeah. doing this, and I think he knows how to like tinker with his lineup a little bit better than Lou does at this point. At the end of the day, Lou has to like hope that LeBron is 
it just has more enough gas in the tank to be the MVP. 52 years, Cleveland. 52 <laughs> long <laughs> years. I can't wait. Yeah, can't I'm wait. pumped. Thanks for listening to the Ringer NBA show. We're looking forward to game one tomorrow. And just a reminder, theringer.com. Yes, theringer.com is now live. Please go and enjoy the site, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks.